Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today our church around the world celebrates the great feast of the holy body and blood of Jesus Christ. We used to call it Corpus Christi Sunday. John Paul II once wrote the encyclical Eucharistica Ecclesia, and in it he specifically tells us that the church comes from the Eucharist. How appropriate and how true. Everything in our faith comes from the Eucharist. Because the Eucharist is God. The Eucharist is the real presence of Jesus Christ, his body and his blood that we receive at Mass. Therefore, everything in our faith, our whole church is wrapped around the Eucharist. That's why you see in doctrines and dogmas, we boldly profess that the Eucharist is the source and summit of our faith. We call ourselves a Eucharistic people. That's why the Eucharist is the source of our own identity. Take it a step further. The Eucharist sustains us in this world. Now, life in this world is not always easy. It can be hard. In fact, very hard. We encounter challenges in our life. Maybe the death of a loved one, an unexpected diagnosis, the loss of work, unemployment, broken relationships, Whatever the hardships may be, no one is immune from them. And yet, it is the Eucharist that we can turn to. The Eucharist gives us strength. Through Jesus' body and blood, through his presence in our life, we have the confidence and the conviction that no matter what we face, no matter what challenge or hardships in our life, we will not be defeated by them because Christ is in our life. Take it a step further. It is in the Eucharist that gives us the great hope and the promise of eternal life. Turn to John chapter 6, verse 54. Jesus says, Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood will have eternal life. Now, the scriptural readings for this weekend are very appropriate. Turn to the second reading from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. Now, this is the earliest of all the descriptions of the Last Supper. It was written by Paul in 51 AD, about 10 to 15 years before the very first gospel that was written. More to it, Paul gives us in great detail. He tells us exactly what transpired at the Last Supper and what Jesus said. Now, mind you, this is an event that Paul never attended. He never witnessed. Take it a step further. Paul, in this passage that we hear, he tells us the most important part of the Last Supper. He tells us the words that Jesus spoke at the time of the consecration, in which he turned the bread and the wine into the body and blood of himself, Jesus Christ. So it begs the question, how does Paul know this? 
How does he know exactly what transpired? How does he know exactly what Jesus said at an event he never attended? Paul tells us at the very beginning of the passage for this weekend. He says, I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you. Paul essentially is referencing Galatians chapter 1, verse 17. Paul says that after his conversion, he fled into the Arabian desert. And only after three years did he go to Jerusalem to converse with the apostles. Scripture scholars believe that as Paul was in the desert for three years, there Christ revealed all the truths to him. We have to realize there is a very special and holy place in the Arabian desert, and that is Mount Sinai. If you look in the Old Testament, Mount Sinai is the place where people encounter the Lord. Elijah did. Look at Moses. Moses spends 40 days and 40 nights conversing and praying to God. After that time, he receives the Ten Commandments. Scholars believe that this is where Paul went, and Jesus Christ taught him all the truths of the faith. That's why Paul became the greatest of all the apostles. Now, Paul continues. He says, The Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was handed over, took bread, and after he had given thanks, broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also the cup, after supper, saying, This cup is the same covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Paul is telling us the words that Christ spoke at the time of the consecration during the Last Supper. These are the most important words. We speak these same words at the time of our consecration. At our Mass, 2,000 years later, we speak these words as part of our Eucharistic prayer. Why? Because there is a power associated with these words. It's the power of Christ. These words have the ability to transform the bread and the wine into the body and blood of Jesus Christ. That's why after the consecration, you see the priest genuflect in front of the altar because he knows now he is in the presence of God. Now notice what Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. He gives us a command. John Paul II said this command must be obeyed by us. We cannot neglect it. We must obey it every week as we go to Mass. Because in this command, Jesus tells us that the Eucharist is the source of our life and our identity. Now, Paul continues. He says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. When we gather for Mass, we remember the beginning as well as the end. We remember the very beginning, the Last Supper, in which Jesus instituted the Mass we have today. And we also turn and remember the end. We look to the future in which we, all of us, will be in the presence of God and all the angels as we celebrate this heavenly banquet in heaven for all of eternity. So in the Mass, we celebrate beginning and an end. Now, in life, beginnings and ends have an energy associated with it. We remember those things vividly. 
I'll give you some examples. We remember the very beginning of high school or the beginning of college in which we left home. We remember the very beginning of our first job. We remember the very beginning of a new life we created when we were married to our husband or wife. We stood before the altar, and now we created a new union, a new life. See, we remember those beginnings vividly, don't we? We also remember ends. We remember graduation, the end of high school or college. We remember the end of a long rehab after a difficult surgery or discharge from the hospital. We remember the end of training. We are no longer called rookie or apprentice or called professional. See, in the Mass, we also remember the beginning and the end, and there's an energy associated with it. We remember the very beginning, the Last Supper, with a sense of great gratitude. We also remember the end, in which we will celebrate this Mass in the heavenly banquet with God. Now, with that in mind, turn your attention to the Gospel. The Gospel, the story, is a great microcosm of our Mass and helps us appreciate the importance of Mass. How does it begin? It says, Jesus spoke to the crowds about the kingdom of God. Well, doesn't the Mass begin the same way? Jesus, as he's speaking to the people, he's teaching them, isn't he? The people are listening to the Word of God. They are taking in that Word. Well, at the very beginning of the Mass, we do the same thing. We read Scripture readings. We listen to the Word of God. We take in that Word. We are taught by God. The second part of the story, Jesus feeds the people through a great miracle. Well, the second part of our Mass, we are fed by Christ also through the great miracle of the consecration. Now, a few more details. Notice the apostles, after Jesus has finished teaching, they tell Jesus to dismiss the crowd. Well, the Greek word that is used here to dismiss is diabolane. Diabolane comes from also the word diabolos, the devil. One of the titles of the devil is the scatterer. This is what the devil does. He scatters. He scatters us away from one another, and he scatters us away from God. And yet, the heart of Jesus' mission is gathering people, gathering them back to God. That's why Jesus tells the apostles, no, we're going to stay here and stay together. We at Mass, don't we gather together? We gather together to pray, to sing, and also to eat the Eucharist. Everything we do as a faith community, we do it together, whether it's worship or the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. Part of what makes us a faith community is we do those things together. In the story, Jesus performs the miracle. Now, notice the detail here, too. He doesn't feed the people directly. He gives the food to the apostles and then tells the apostles to feed the people. That's good. That's very good. Why? Because the apostles are the church. And therefore, it is the church that distributes the food to the people. So, too, with us. It is the real presence of Christ. It is his body and is his blood that we eat and drink at Mass. And yet we can only find it in the church. It is in the church that we find the Eucharist. And it's only in the church that distributes the body and blood to us, 
just like the apostles distributed the food to those people. That's why it's so crucial for us to remain in the church, to remain part of a faith community. It is so crucial for us to come to Mass every week and be fed this gift of life, Jesus' body and blood, and in return, give our lives over to Christ in service to the church. One last thing. It says at the very end, the people were all satisfied. Good. Very good. Jesus does not just give them a little bit of food and then says, okay, now fend for yourself. No, he gives them an overabundant amount of food such that they all are filled and there's enormous amount of leftovers. If you look at the Gospels, this is what Jesus always does in his miracles. His miracles are always over the top, super abundant, more than anyone ever expected. Well, so true with us at the Mass. When we eat Jesus' body and drink his blood, yes, we receive that gift of life, but also the graces we receive from the Eucharist are always super abundant, over the top, more than we need to live out our faith. That's why at the end of Mass, the priest says, go now to love and serve the Lord. Well, now we can because we have just received an overabundant amount of graces from the Eucharist. Today, our church celebrates the great feast of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And it is that great gift from God, the gift of himself that sustains us in this world, gives us the courage and conviction to live out our faith. But it also helps us turn and look to the future in which we will receive the promise of eternal life in which we will be in the presence of God and all the angels to celebrate this holy banquet in God's presence. And may the peace and the grace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.